Today I'm going to start my message to you in a different way. I'm going to sit here in my house and tell you all the things I don't like. I don't like wearing a mask everywhere I go. I don't like the fact that when I see people I can't see their smile. I only see half their face. I don't like the fact that there's a virus sweeping the world. I don't like the fact that that maybe there's vote tampering, probably so. And if President Trump didn't win, we may have been cheated out of our president. I don't like corrupt politicians. I don't like the way the world is going. And I can sit in my house and think about all the things I don't like and become depressed. Because depression is a result of the way you react when you don't get your way. Now, I know that'll ruffle some feathers, but I don't mind having feathers ruffled if what I speak is truth. And if you think about it, if everything always went your way, why would you be depressed? You would be happy and carefree and loving life. And so I have a choice, and so do you. I can sit here and dwell on the things I just stated, or I can think about the goodness of God. And I have a favorite hymn. My Alexa will play it for me. And almost every night when I get in the bed and turn out the light, I ask Alexa to play How Great Thou Art. And I go to sleep listening to that song that was just written as a poem in Sweden and then a German translated it into German, and a Russian translated it into Russian. And this poem got to England, and nobody knows who put it to music. But it's just wonderful to think about. It says, how great you are, when I in awesome wonder and consider all the works your hands have made. I see the stars, I went out last night to see the moon and the North Star. It's just a spectacular sight. And then I hear the rolling thunder. Thunder sometimes wakes me up from a deep sleep. I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. I feel the gentle breeze blowing in my face. And I watch the birds the robins walking around in my front yard, pecking the ground looking for a worm. And the squirrels run all around. And I don't have a cat, but there are three cats that come walking down my driveway. They know where they're going. I don't know where they're going. And then after a while, they come walking back. Just think of the wonders of the world that God has made. And then we think about who God is. We must dwell on that fact. Sure, the things I don't like are troubling, but I can't do anything about it. But I can be who God asked me to be. And I've really enjoyed studying and teaching Second Timothy. And I want to just outline our last message and then pick up where it leaves off. 
And I want you to think about who God would have us to be. And today I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to teach out of the Living Bible. I am um, I'm a Schofield Bible lover. I always read in the Schofield Bible. And then I go to the Amplified Bible that Sam gave me in 1998 for Christmas. And then I end up reading the Living Bible. I love the words in the King James. But today I'm going to read to you out of the Living Bible. The Living Bible was written by a man named Kenneth Taylor. He wrote the four Gospels so his children could easily understand it. And Billy Graham got a hold of those four Gospels. This was in the 70s, the early 70s. And he had him print the Gospels, and Billy Graham sent them out to people who donated to him. And then people asked Kenneth Taylor to write the New Testament, and he did that, and it was such a success that he translated the Bible, the whole Bible. And I recommend you get a copy of the Living Bible. Study it in the King James, because that makes you think. Sometimes I have to struggle through verses, and I like that. Because if it's made too easy, I don't, I don't learn as much. But today I'm going to switch over, and I'm going to remind you that Second Timothy chapter 2 has seven metaphors in it, really illustrations of who we are to be as a child of God. And I want to meditate on this. I want to examine my life, and I want to see if I meet the qualifications. And I want you to do the same. So we start out by God telling us we're his son. God is our father. That's an incredible thing to think about. And then we're told in 2 Timothy that we're to be teachers. Are you a teacher? We're to teach others the things that we've heard. We're to teach truth to trustworthy men who will pass it on to others. And there isn't much I can do, but I can sit here in my house and speak to this cell phone and you can hear it. And I'm not teaching you what I think. I'm teaching you what the Bible says. And that's worthwhile because that's the truth. And then he tells us, and I'm just reminding you of what we studied, that we're to share our suffering as a good soldier. Remember, we're to be soldiers. A soldier fights for his nation, and he doesn't get entangled in worldly things. We're to put on our armor as the soldier puts on his uniform. And he goes out to battle. And he knows it could cost him his life. But he's dedicated to the country for which he fights. And you and I must be dedicated to the kingdom of God and stand up for truth when Christianity is almost being laughed at today by the media and people in positions of power. 
And so we're to put on our armor. That's our character. We're to tell the truth and be peacemakers and seek righteousness and have faith and know God's word and use it and pray for all the saints all around the world. And then the next thing is, well, to be like an athlete. You know, the athlete follows the rules of his sport or he's disqualified. And there are rules that God has given us. And, and I always just go back to the two basic ones. The first rule is, well, there's three. First, you have to invite Christ into your life to be his son. And then you have to just let him take over. I read a book last week, an old book, The Saving Life of Christ, Major Ian Thomas. He used a glove as an illustration. He said, you put a glove up on the table, it won't do anything, but put your hand in it. And the glove serves its purpose. And he used it as an illustration of, we can just be a nothing. And then God comes into our life and makes us a something. And makes us useful. But we have to follow the rules. And the first rule is to let him control us. And the second rule is to let him change us. Change is frightening to most everybody. But if you know the facts that change makes you better, you should look forward to it. And then we ought to be like a farmer who has to wait. A farmer plants a seed and then he just waits. And we plant seeds of God's word and wait to see God work. I had a friend come by yesterday that came by a long time ago and we studied some Bible verses. And what a thrill to me to see that the the seeds that we planted have grown and transformed a life. There's nothing any more rewarding than that. And then we're told to think about these illustrations and God will give you understanding. And then... The next thing we're to be is a student. We're to study, to be approved a workman of God. Study to show yourself approved a workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, you have to rightly divide the Bible. There are dispensations, and I've taught those in past episodes. But let's take the Old Testament in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ had not come and died. But it's a picture of him coming. And in the Old Testament, they had to take a lamb and give it to the priest. And the priest would kill it on the altar and take the blood in and sacrifice it on the Ark of the Covenant. And that was the atoning process for the sins of the Israelites didn't take their sins away, just covered over it. And when they died, they went to paradise, not heaven. But then Jesus came. He died. We're in a different time, and you have to divide the two testaments. When Jesus died, he was the lamb. 
And that's why John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, their sins weren't taken away. And he made that great announcement. And Jesus bled on the cross. His blood was poured out to take away your sin and my sin. And so he wants us to be a student and that's why I take my time to teach the Bible to this cell phone. And it's a thrill for me to see how many people are listening. Because I have a passion for you to know the truth. That's why it's called People's Passion. It's all I can do. I can't have a Bible class anymore. Because the law prohibits it. A lot of people don't want to come to my house, especially to bring my sweet little children because I'm old and they don't want to be the reason I get the virus and die. But I can do this. And then listen to verse 16 in chapter 2 in the Living Bible. I, I just love this. It says, uh, work hard so that God can say to you, well done. Know his word. Steer clear of foolish discussions which lead people into the sin of anger with each other. Things that will be said that will burn and hurt for a long time to come. And then I'm glad I'm not one of these two people. Hymenius and Philetus did that. And Paul wrote that to Timothy. They got in arguments that caused pain. They left the path of truth, pre preaching a lie. They said that the resurrection of the dead had already occurred. And if you didn't and, and if you're still here, you missed it. They weakened the faith of some who believed. But in the Living Bible, verse 19, listen to this. God's truth stands firm like a rock, and nothing can shake it. The election results, the virus, the mask, the quarantine. And I just heard that Philadelphia passed a law just this morning, November the 21st, no gatherings, large or small. God's truth stands firm. It's a foundation stone with these words written on it. Listen to this. The Lord knows those who are really his. A person who calls himself a Christian should not be doing things that are wrong. That's the message for me today. And that's the message that I'm going to get across to you as we conclude our 15 minutes together. I don't want to do what's wrong, and I don't want you to. And I can discern the truth, and I'm a realist, and I see what's wrong, but I don't need to dwell on it. Because great is God's faithfulness, and he's watching over us. If we call ourselves a Christian, don't do things that are wrong. Do things that will bring glory and honor to him. I thank you for listening. 
I'm committed to no more than 16 minutes, and my time is up. So God bless you.